1: Ball's got to go right. Look out! They may score on this play. Mannering Johnson decides to come back infield. Johnson gets dancing. Johnson, no way! Oh, no no way. way! Johnson has run over to score. This is incredible. This is ridiculous. This is fifteen out of ten on the incredible murder.
0: What about the last?
1: Minutes. Thank you to the football gods for letting us watch this. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Weekly Wrap for round eighteen of the NRL. Well, wow, it's been a pretty high scoring round for uh Supercoach teams and you know just NRL in general with a couple of massive blowouts. Uh heaps of points scored in some of the games, so let's have a look at it. The blowout started on Thursday night when the Sharks flogged St. George 52-16 at Shark Park. Yeah, my thoughts on the NRL game generally was the Sharks weren't overly impressive, as strange as that sounds. Um, They're generally flat-track bullies. When they get at home and they get against a side that is not up there in contention, they can really put on a bit of a show. Uh, And they did that to some degree once they got a hold of the game. The Dragons... Well, they didn't look too interested. Um, and you know, like I said last week, matchups against the Dragons. You've really got to keep a keen eye on them for the rest of the season. So in terms of who's playing against them, which key players, and you know, possibly they could be captains, but definitely their plays. We're looking at the supercoach scores, no one from the dragons is really relevant. Supercoach moving forward. So we're gonna skip all their scores. For the Sharks, obviously Nico, for those people that captain him outright. Uh, I think that was pretty safe. Some people might have VC'd him, but then you had to take the order emergency, which, you know, there's a couple of players sitting there. Obviously, Sonny Luke dropping out was handy for a few people, but there was a number of players sitting there that might have registered pretty low scores that sat there as your auto emergency. So I was um, pretty happy with my decision, even though I had a couple of players that scored 170s. I was pretty happy with my decision to go Nico in the 156 straight captain. It was a typical performance from him uh, in those type of games. You know, he always sort of puts on a bit of a show. I guess the point of interest now is, is he going to get reselected for Origin 3, which would rule him out of round 19, uh, where they come up against the West Tigers, albeit it's not at Shark Park, but still that's a great matchup for him. Britton 97 super coach points, two tries uh, along with, yeah, I think along with Dave Fafita and Jermaine Hopgood, they look like the three that you must have in the second row forward for the run home. So I've got Nikara and Hopgood. I haven't got Fafita. I've held off bringing him back in and it hurts me watching, but he's a player that's uh, on my list to get back in. Ronaldo Mulatalo, I know that there was a lot of conjecture about him in the super coach sort of circles about whether to bring him in as a definite as a trade in. Two tries. Well done to those that brought him in. He does rely on those attacking stats a fair bit, but certainly got to be happy with those two tries. CSC for Talakai, eighty two. Is he back for the big end of the season? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm gonna sit out on that one. I'm gonna probably target more you're sort of, I'm going to get Joey Manu back in. There's a couple of players there that are pretty handy in the centre wing position. I'm tossing up going AJ. I know it's risky, but I really think he can make a push for the top try scorer, even though he's, it's a fair race this year. There's a few in it, and uh, he's a couple behind, but I think he can really push for it in the last part of the season. Okay, Friday night. Early game, well, yeah, it wasn't too memorable as a Warriors fan. South hit back in a big way, 28 points to six, uh, win over the Warriors in Auckland. Um, Generally, I thought the Rabbitohs were fairly dominant and they just handled the conditions better. I mean, the Warriors couldn't ask for a better start. I mean, they scored the first try and they also... Got about, I think the penalty count was something like 7-1. Now, they were legitimate penalties, but you just don't expect to see that sort of lopsided penalty at home. But they tried to go around them probably too much, which is interesting because the Warriors haven't done that so much this year. But they got down attacking the South line a lot and then just found themselves probably trying to go too lateral. So hopefully they'll learn from that. Um, You know, it was disappointing but not diabolical. It very much looked like the game in the wet earlier in the year where they played against the Roosters, where they sort of just run out of creativity and when they got behind in the wet, it was really hard. And the other team kicked really well and defended really well. I I thought the Rabbitohs were were awesome, to be honest, like high completion rate. They kicked in behind the Warriors really well. So the big big back three are really good, but they're not as great. Obviously, in the wet, it, it exacerbated it, but I mean in Terms of when you kick in behind them, they're not great because they're such big men, they got to turn around. Uh, Marcelo Montoya to a lesser extent, Dallin Martini Zalesniak, but yeah, that was the tale of the game. I thought the Rabbitoh's forward pack just really stood up and took it to the Warriors, like some of their unheralded players, like Hame Selah, he's playing awesome footy. Uh, you know, not really a super coach prospect, but. Geez, he's he's punching out some really good stuff for um the Rabbitos and Davi Moala and just sal- Saliba Haveli players like that and just really turned up for the Rabbits. Okay, having a look at a few of the scores. Tohu Harris sixty one, that's solid. Jackson Ford's he's probably sparked up after we thought he was going to drop off. Fifty six is solid. Uh, a bit down for Adam Fennell Blake owners forty four, but you can't be too unhappy with that. Uh nickel cockstad 35. That's probably based on the conditions. I mean, it was pouring down rain there. Um, so horrendous conditions, not really a backs paradise. And you know, the same with SJ, 20 points. I mean, the conditions and that scoreboard, he's not really going to punch out a big score. So you can probably cop that. But uh, I think both SJ and Jerome Hughes went pretty low this week. So that makes you sort of question all... Oh, Is it a Nico and Cleary when Cleary gets back? Because I know last week I was thinking possibly you could keep Jerome Hughes or an SJ with Nico, but we just have to see how Cleary comes back from injury. Uh, From the Rabbitohs' point of view, Cam Murray, 86, he got that try. Oh, geez, He's going to come into calculations uh, in the 2RF as a, yeah, like as a trade-in, 86 is a good score. Um, And he can punch those out when he plays like that and they're on the front foot and, you know, he does really push for those tries a lot. I felt like that's what he could have done for New South Wales if they had brought him on a little bit earlier around the ruck. Cody Walker, 79. I thought it was a great performance for him. Good bounce back. He was pretty poor the week before. 79, good score for owners. I think they'll be happy with that. Now I have to go through, is he going to make origin? Uh I tend to think that they're going to stick with Moses. So I don't know what they'll do with the 5-8 position. Personally, I've said all along that I would pick Cody Walker, but it seems like, um, and a lot of New South Wales people have told me that his cards are marked never to play again. So we'll see what happens there. I mean, if you're a super coach owner, you're probably hoping that he's going to play this weekend because the Rabbitohs come up against, let's have a look, uh, come up against the Bulldogs at a core stadium. So on Saturday night, and the dogs are really, really struggling. So that's a huge call for Supercoach, whether whether Cody's in that origin squad or not. Um, Alex Johnson, 66 with two tries. We know that he's very attacking, reliant, but we also know that when they're on, South Sydney can really rack up those tries on the left-hand side. They're just so lethal. Uh, and they got that time when Adam Fenewell-Blake was in the Bin, which I thought was a pretty fair sin bin. It was, it was sort of like a swinging arm. He didn't get him with his forearm or anything like that because I think that probably would have been a send off, but he got fair contact on Cam Murray. Uh, Cook, 60. That's solid. Uh, Keon Koloa Matangi, who I think will definitely play Origin. I'll be shocked to not see him in the 17 somewhere. He got 57. And Richie Kanar, that a number of people brought in. I think he played in the centers and got 44. So that's pretty good for those people who brought Richie Canar in okay on to the main game Friday night top of the table clash between the Panthers and the Storm and yeah this was an interesting game I mean the Storm often do this at home they come out and they try to ambush teams and then they generally just hold on that's the that's been their model for years and years and then they came out with the ambush and started really well and geez I think Panthers really showed their class and just and their belief in their system to come back from fourteen 0 down early and and win it quite convincingly. To be honest, I don't believe that the Storm are a serious contender uh, unless they get Pappenhausen back for the finals. That, that so that's where I sit with the Storm. I think like yeah, they're they're probably going to make the top four because they consist they had that consistency just driven by high standards. Yes, they have some quality players in there. I mean, look at their spine. Their spine is quality. Uh, Even Mimi is stepping up and having a decent run. Like he's a massive couple of steps down from Pappenhausen, of course. But you've got Harry Grant, you've got Cam Munster, and you've got Jerome Hughes. So they're all all internationals. So, of course, they've got that there. But the bit part players that they have there, I just don't think they have the attack on the edge. They're doing the right thing by playing. Uh, Nelson, a sofa Solomon, there, but it's a catch twenty-two because you've got him there playing in defence, and uh, he got found out a little bit about around the the Panthers, and I think the better teams will go at him, but you've just got to hope that he gives you more in attack than you know he gives up in defence. I guess he's not a bad defender by any means, but he's just a huge man, and he just gets caught laterally. At times, uh, look, I mean, with the Storm, they're going to be there and thereabouts, so anything can happen in the finals. You know, there can be an injury or, you know, you get a couple of calls go your way. So I'm not writing them off, but I just don't think they're in the top echelon of teams for mine. Okay, having a look at the Supercoach scores, Isaac Tungo, 118. Shout-out to the Wheat Dog. He's got a few shout-outs on this um, podcast, but he moved into 28th last week, and he just brought in... Uh, Isaac Tungo last week is a massive pod. He's something less than 2% owned, and he was talking him up to me on the phone on Friday night, and uh, I was just so happy for him when he saw him crash over for a couple of tries. So well done, Wheat Dog. Continue. Hopefully, I'm not sure how he's gone with having a couple of those bigger players. I don't think he had Drinky, and I'm not 100% sure if he had Ponga. So I might... It might not have been a massive week for him, but he's he's up there and he's gonna give it a real shake. Uh Brian Toto, fifty-five, that's solid. Uh Zach Hosking, forty three. I mean, do many still have him? I'm not sure. I think most have traded him out by now. If not, I mean, yeah, there's just seems seemingly no attacking upside there. Sunia Taruva, I'm still stuck with him. I I think I've got the fullbacks right. I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit more later in the podcast, but I do need to do some work on my centre wings and my two RFs for the run home, and Sunia Taruba has to go. Uh, and if you've got him, he's a sell if you haven't sold already. I did actually initially sold him this week for Nickel Clockstad. and then I saw it was um absolutely cheating down in uh, rain and Cats and Dogs in Auckland. So I thought, no, look, I'll put the brakes on that, and I reversed that trade and ended up bringing in I, – I ended up actually bringing in drink water, which I was very, very happy with. So that was one of the, the late trade changes that worked out for me, and it would probably, I probably wouldn't have done it if it was not for the rain uh, in Auckland. So. Thank you to the footy gods there. Uh, Nelson Sofa Solomona, 82. Yeah, look, like I said, he's attacking really well at, at 2RF. His defense is a bit suspect. But as we know in Supercoach, you get more points for attacking. Like you only lose one point for missing tackles or even if you don't touch him, you don't miss any points. So um, that's not a big problem. If he keeps that position on the edge, then certainly he becomes a bit of a value proposition there. Harry Grant, 73. I thought that was his best game for a while. Nice charge down try. Uh, He's starting to come into it a bit. I know he scored a game, might have been last game or the game before he scored two tries and had a fairly dominant game as well. So, yeah, Harry Grant's sort of a must, I think, in the hooker position for the run home as long as he gets through Origin 3. Cam Munster, I thought he was very, very quiet for Cam Munster. 37 points, I mean, yeah, it's acceptable, but... Yeah, during this Origin period he got that rest um, after they had a bit of partying and he supposedly had the flu and things like that. I think those people who are non-owners would be very happy with that, the fact that he missed a week and then got 37 over Origin. So, yeah, I'm an owner and um, a little bit disappointed, but I think I'm just going to hold on to him rather than I've got him and Ponga in the 5'8 position yeah, I'm really full in my full-back position. I don't want to let go of Ponga. I'm probably not going to go Munster to Cody at this stage. I'll probably just stick with Munster, I think. Uh, Nick Meaney, 37. He's dropping off a bit. Look at his last four scores. He's got 63, 58, 41, and now 37. So uh, possibly the season, like a lot of players, is getting a bit long. I mean, they're really hanging out for Pappenhausen back there. If they get Pappenhausen back anywhere near what he was then they're a real premiership threat, in my opinion. Jerome Hughes, 32. Uh, like I said earlier, like SJ was the lower score. You have to consider these things when you consider them whether to bring in Cleary. And I think a lot of people will look to bring Cleary back in, depending on Penrith's draw for the run home. I imagine it will be pretty good. I mean, Penrith are, are pretty much firing without him. So bringing Cleary back into the side, even the goal kicking alone, just the way he accumulates supercoach points, it has to be a must. Now, are you struggling to control yourself on the punt? If you are, there's free and confidential help available from CECAL. That's C E C A L. Get in contact with Gareth and his team at CECAL. You can email Gareth at, at sorry gareth.w. At CECAL.org.au, or you can call him on 0295594013, or you can visit www.cecal.org.au. Okay, Super Saturday started with a Raiders 26 points to 22 win over the Titans. I thought the Titans were a bit stiff on the second Fafita try that got disallowed. He was chasing a kick and basically yeah, Fogarty just stopped. He turned his back to chase the ball and then just stopped in front of him and Fafita just maneuvered his way around him. He didn't well I mean it was it was ruled that it was a push but yeah, I thought that a little bit stiff there. But uh, the Titans are a dangerous side. on the run home I could I could probably see them ca- causing a few upsets, particularly on the back of the way Dave Fafita's playing. He is in the form of his career and uh, it just shows like when he's just in absolute beast mode, he's hungry and confident. And I reckon the one of the biggest indicators for Dave Fafita is he always looks for a quick tap. And when he's out there and he's looking for a quick tap and looking to get on with it, because he's a bloke that really likes to take that quick tap when people aren't ready because if he can catch people off guard, he can just generally when they react late, they go high on him and that's when he just bumps you off because you've got to go low on uh, Dave feeder So, yeah, and I feel like the Raiders have a pretty favourable draw. I'm not sure if they're legitimate contenders. Like I tend to think they're probably not. I don't know if they've got enough points in them. They rely on kicks a lot, but they could well play finals footy because they scrap and fight, and they're winning a lot of these games, and you know they're a hard team to beat, particularly at home. So yeah, it's an interesting race for the top eight at the moment. Having a look at some of the Supercoach scores, Um, Hudson Young, 97. Yeah, he can be relevant, but he doesn't generally do it consistently. So um, some of these scores might have been updated. I'm just having a look at Joey Tappany here. I've got him down as a 75, but I had a quick look before and I think he got updated to 80 and that's a great score for Joey. We've been waiting for him to punch out a score like that all year. And he might just start be starting to step up now with um, Josh Papalehi out for an extended period. Corey Horsburgh, again, this might be pre-update 71. He's consistently putting these scores up there now, so if you grabbed him, well done to you. I think he's a hold for... The run home could play origin. There's a lot of talk that he's going to get called into the origin side, so that might affect uh, his availability this weekend. Do they play this weekend? Yes, they do. They play St. George. Ooh, okay. So that that's a big in. There's a couple of big ins we're waiting for here, Cody Walker and obviously, um, yeah, Corey Horsburgh. From the Titans' point of view, Dave Fafita, 104. I think he upgraded to 107. Tino was on 93 before upgrades. Very aggressive, very angry. He's always a suspension risk, but he's certainly one of the best um, front row forwards out there. Uh, Loffy Khan Pereira, 64. Uh, he's fairly attack dependent, but the way the Titans play, they're just letting him off the leash. So... He's a lot like AJ, but I don't know if you, if you can bank on him having that consistency because they're not going to go as well as South Sydney, I wouldn't have thought, the Titans. But, yeah, he's certainly, he's just been given, you know, he's just been given free reign to back himself when he gets that space. And, you know, it's, a lot of the times he'll burn people. It hurt him on the weekend, actually, because he, he had that chance. I think it was 12-10 they were down and he went for the corner, dropped it. And off the back of it, they ran the length, I think. They ran the length um, and scored a try. Matt Timaka, he ran the length, and that really changed the game uh, for Canberra Raiders. Okay, on to the Cowboys revenge game. 74-0 over Tigers. I could see a big score coming because of what happened to them when they went down to Sydney and they really turned it up and they were flying. They're probably a 20-point better side uh, at home, the Cowboys, but I didn't think it would be a record margin in the NRL era. And the thing about it was if you watch the game, for the first 20 to 25 minutes, the Tigers really matched it with them. But when the Cowboys turned it on, geez, they were scoring some tries. Actually, if you if you didn't see the game, go and watch the highlights because some of the tries, the passes, they were throwing, keeping the ball alive. It was really, really good footy. So, yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, you could see it being a big score because the Cowboys have beat one of the contenders in South Sydney by, I don't know, 25 or 30 points the week before in Sydney, and they are a 20-point better side at home. Like, I, I, I genuinely believe that. I think the challenge for them to make the top eight – Although they're tracking really well, will be what games can they win on the road and how many games have they got left at home? Because I think they've played a fair few uh, in Townsville. They're never shaped up well for the Tigers. Like, basically, they're a side who've got no halves. Uh, they've lost their state of origin hooker for basically the rest of the season. Uh, they don't seem to be able to find a halfback or, or 5 8 anyway. So. Yeah, when it, they hung in for that first 20 to 25 minutes and when the dam wall broke, uh, it was definitely a flood. But yeah, if you haven't seen that game, get, get yourself a look at the highlights package. it would be about four or five minutes. Some of those Cowboys tries were outrageous. Okay, having a look at the scores, uh, from the Tigers' point of view, looking a bit forward, like I know a lot of people probably – you know, they've got, what have we got, nine nine or ten weeks to go in Supercoach, so they're probably looking forward to 2024 a bit. Um, if they're one of these diehard Supercoach players like myself, I think Sean Bloor could come into calculations. It's going to depend on, you know, can the Tigers find some sort of half option because their edge back rowers have really suffered from that. So I think he is a player to mark in your black book for 2024, Sean Bloor. Uh, well, he got 51. I IPAP, 47. I thought he tried really hard, but, yeah, like in a game like that, tough. Johnny Bateman, 34. Got frustrated. Sheens took him off with uh, maybe 25 or 30 to go. I don't know if there's an injury there. It was strange that he got t- taken off. Uh, But I just think Sheens probably just thought, oh, he's going to do something silly here because he's such a competitor. So I'm hoping that's what it is, and I hope he comes back next week and, you know, punches out sort of seventy-five to eighty minutes and and gets back up to his scoring around the sixty sixty-five mark. Oh, some of the Cowboys' scores. Tommy Dearden, one hundred and seventy plus. Um, so you have a look at his last four scores. He's got one hundred and fifty. Uh, sorry, he's got fifty-five, one hundred and eighteen, ninety-five, and then the one hundred and seventy odd. Ooh, Tommy Dearden is he an option at five eight? I mean. You know, there's some pretty decent options there, but I mean, it could be the pod play where you went against someone like a Cody Walker or a Cam Munster and went to a Tommy Dean. You're probably gonna have to pay up for him now, but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the Cowboys have some games which I don't, I don't know if I'd call it an easy run, but it's certainly not a hard run. Scotty Drinkwater, he was 158 before update, so I had a bit of a look before. I think he got he went to 170 plus. So he's just in supreme form. He's confident. Um, I spoke about this last week when there was a question about who is the player to get for the run home, and uh, so, sorry, in the fullback position. And I spoke about him, him Gutho Ponga, him working around that. Ah, um, Maritaleangi, one hundred thirty-seven. Val Holmes, one hundred eleven. Semi Valame, one hundred ten. Again, some of these might have been upgraded beneficiaries of of the flogging that it was, you know, and well done. Val Holmes has been a good hold for those people that have held him. I know Desi Creek um, was a big advocate for holding him. I got rid of him before Origin and uh, probably really regretting it, to be honest with you, because I think I went to Connolly Lemuelu and uh, he hasn't really kicked on. He's sort of gone backwards, so that wasn't a great call by myself. Jeremiah Nanai, 84, is hitting form. Uh, and I think you know he's a player as a bit of a pod, possibly in the 2RF for the run home. Keep an eye on that. So, after the bye, so the uh, the Cowboys have the bye this week, they have Manly, Para, and Titans. So, it's an interesting draw. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say any of those are uh, gimme games by any stretch, like, I mean, if they're played in Townsville, then certainly they're going to be easier games to win for the Cowboys. But if they're played away, I think, you know, they're sort of, yeah, I mean, they play the Eagles, the Seagulls in two weeks' time at Full Points Park. So that's round 20. Then round 21, they go home and play against the Eels. I think the Eels will get up for that. That's at uh, Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville in round 21, and then round 22, they play the Titans. So I imagine this will be a high-scoring game, but it is at SeaBus Super Stadium at 4 o'clock on a Sunday. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, they're usually pretty good in Queensland, so it's almost like two home games, But and it's a beautiful dry track generally at the Gold Coast. So I think two of them games shape up pretty well for them. The game against Manly, they probably have a bit of a class edge over Manly with their players out, so it'll be interesting to see how they go. But Manly are a lot better side at home, as they showed today. Okay, the main game on Saturday night was the Battle of Brisbane, and the Bronx got revenge for that first loss to the Dolphins, winning 24 points to 16. I felt like the Dolphins really got up for it. They've been down for a few weeks now, and they look like they were gone for the season, but they competed really well. Um they seem to be a bit one- or two-dimensional. Like, when they really need points, it's just let's get it to the hammer. And because he was on an edge this week, he, he actually looked really tired, which was strange um, because he was attacking at centre. But maybe it's just all the origin and everything like that. But, yeah, he they at the end of the game, he just looked really cooked. They kept going to him, not really giving him clean ball. And um, he was still nearly breaking through. And making he's he's actually a remarkably good player, probably better than I thought he'd be when he was uh, playing off the bench for the Cowboys. Uh, Balance Tavares is also a threat, but they need to get it probably close to the line for him to come into calculations. And and that's the flip side of it it's, it's like I said with um, Nass, uh, you know, they'll give you so much in attack, and Tavares like that, but yeah, what does he give up in defense? Two tries to Herbie Farnworth, just got skinned on the outside for pace. And he's struggling a little bit there on the edge in defence. But I think Bennett will stick with him because he he can do his learning on the run. I mean, realistically, the Dolphins have overachieved anyway. Um, There might have been some thoughts in their mind that they were going to make a run for the top eight, but it would have been remarkable given their lists. And I think they've just got too many injuries now. Uh, Selwyn Cobb, 110, three tries. What about that chip and chase try? That was brilliant. Uh, Payne Haas, he was 66 before updates, updated to 79. So really kind updates there. I thought he would because there's a lot of offloads and tackle breaks and he's just in supreme form at the moment. So I'm pretty happy that I've got uh, Tapenay and Payne Haas in the front row there. Brennan Piercura. geez, I thought he was quite underwhelming, to be honest with you. I really liked the look of him in his first few games there. Coming off the bench, he looked sharp. Defensively, he looked pretty good, and even in attack. But I thought in his yeah in this game, when he played on the edge, he looked a little bit ordinary. He missed a few tackles, and in attack, he wasn't as damaging as I thought he would be. 36 points, that's okay. I mean, I still went Schuster to him and freed up and. Ten hundred twenty thousand, which helped me get drink water. So I'm not too worried about it. I can sit him on the bench, and you know, if he comes good, will possibly he'll be a play. But this week I played him over Preston, and it might it might cost me like fifteen or twenty points. But um, yeah, that was a mistake. But hopefully, it doesn't cost me any head to heads. Uh, Jeremy Marshall King sixty five with a try. I think he upgraded to over seventy. I just caught some of them upgrades. Sorry, just before I came on to air for the potty. Um, I feel like his shoulder's no good. I did read something in the paper today saying that he's got some AC joint issues and it might rule him out for the rest of the season. I think if you're the Dolphins, he's sort of a marquee hooker now. You'd almost put him on ice a little bit like the NFL teams do. There's probably not a lot more to be gained. You could get some games into some of those younger players, get some experience into them at the back end of the season and have Marshall King go away, rest up his shoulder, you know, if he needs to get a scrape on it to get the operation and get himself right for 2024. Jermaine Osako 50, another consistent score for him. Uh, Hammer, 41, he was a bit unlucky, he had a try disallowed from the bunker. Yeah, and Connolly Lemuelu, I, because I reversed my trades, I, I, I did keep him, I wasn't planning on playing him, but... It was him or Alamotti and I picked um, Connolly Lemuelu and he didn't start really well. He gave away two or three penalties you know, in the first part of the game and then, yeah, the game didn't really go his way for 80 minutes on the edge. I think he got 33. Hopefully, He might have upgraded closer to 40. Hopefully he did for my sake. But, yeah, he's definitely a trade out uh, at the moment. I just haven't had a chance to get him out of my side, but I definitely need to upgrade my centre wing and my 2RF position. Okay, having a look at the first game on Super Sunday was the Knights' 66-0 winners over the Bulldogs. It looked for a while there that they were going to give the Cowboys' record a massive shake, and it had just been set, so it would have been remarkable, two games of footy where you've had a record margin in the NRL era broken, and then, like, what, two or three games later, uh, the another side comes out and breaks it again. It must just be that time of the year. I know a few of the commentators alluded to it, you know, where teams are just getting fatigued and they're getting tired. But the Bulldogs, they just didn't show up. And and the Knights are capable. Pong is class. We know that. Uh, He's a class player. And in terms of Super Coach, particularly now that he's picked up the goal kick, and I'm not sure what's happened there, but certainly after kicking 11 from 11, I don't think he'll be relinquishing the goal-kicking anytime soon. But Ponga is a definite trade-in if you haven't got him. And, you know, he's for players like myself that do have him, very happy to have him, and he's a definite hold. Having a look at a few of the scores, Reed Marnie, 45. He seems to be out of form. He's just really pushing it a little bit too much for him. Jacob Preston was solid around that 50. Uh, Jacob Krause, he's just not getting the opportunities, 25. We thought he was going to be a player that you needed to have in your side. You know, I think at stages, Desi Creek was even saying that he thought he'd be the highest averaging center wing for the year, and it didn't seem ridiculous. I mean, it does seem ridiculous now, but at the time, it didn't seem like a ridiculous statement because he was just so involved and the Bulldogs were going okay. But, yeah, something's wrong there at the Bulldogs. I mean, like, yes, they do have a massive deficit in the talent on the field and they do need some players back. But um yeah, it's almost like they've lost a little bit of hope. Uh in terms of the Knights players, these are pre updates, so some of these might go absolutely huge. But Calum Pong hundred and seventy six best game that I've seen him play. Um you know, obviously against weaker opposition. I mean he's played better games in Origin, to be fair, but yeah, NRL wise it was an absolute clinic. Greg Marzu, 101, very happy with that. Uh, Bradman Best, 146. Phoenix Crosland, for those people that held him, 115, two tries there. And Craig Fitzgibbon, 138. Really, it was just a demolition job down that left-hand side of the field. They just kept going left and, you know, the poor, um, uh, the five, the young 5'8 from the Bulldogs, Rajab, I think his name is, and, he just got absolutely, yeah. They they just really targeted him. I felt I felt sorry for him, and I think they end up switching sides at the end there. But they just kept the clinic going. So the knights, yeah, I'm I'm not sure that they can produce that sort of thing consistently. Um, it was just a case of them being really on on the day, and the bulldogs being really off. Okay, and last game of the round. This was a cracking game. Just come off this. Watch this with my boys. 18 points to 16. The Manly Seagulls beating the Sydney Roosters. Um, Like I said, just a really gritty game there at Four Points Park. A number of sort of pieces of brilliance from Manly really got them home. Uh, well, kept them in the game, to be honest with you, because I thought the Roosters were just dominating field position. Their line speed was unreal. I don't know if they were marginally offside, but full credit to them because they just kept turning up all day and just getting off the line, getting up in their face. And um, actually, Luke Kiery was coming out of the line and really anticipating that passing behind to Cherry Evans and disrupting him. And then, yeah, the champion that DCE is, he got one back on him because uh, they were coming out of trouble, and Luke Kiry did a pass, and he just anticipated and took the intercept, which made a big difference. They were able to lead twelve ten at halftime. Manly they did get headed um, from a try to Manu, but then they were able to hit back at the end. They they got they turned the tide on the Roosters a bit. They started to get tired, which was bound to happen because they, they, you just can't keep up that intensity and in defence that they had um, over eighty minutes and. And they eventually got them through um, Ben Trebouvitch there. So, yeah, a really good game to watch. Um, just marveling at, you know, like both sides. I mean, the Roosters, are, that's a tough effort. Like it takes a real tough club to to play the way they did. They're out of form. they they probably never found their attacking game this year, but they're still putting themselves in games like that. And then Manly was just, you know, Daly Cherry Evans brilliance, and a bit of home field advantage probably got him home there. Have a look at the scores before updates. Uh, you got Garrick, 84, which I was happy with as an owner. I think at fullback, I'm really content to keep him there and and playing for the rest of the season. Uh, Daly Cherry Evans, 64, that seems low for what he did. Uh, I guess he scored a try off a kick and an intercept try, so it just shows you that you need those line break points. Um, But, yeah, he looks in great form, and I think he's going to finish the season pretty well if you were looking at you know, maybe a pot option to Nico Hines and Nathan Cleary and you wanted to go away from Jerome Hughes or an SJ and you think Manly can finish the season well. Well, DCE, yeah, I mean, there's opportunity there. He's got the uh, – we well, no, he doesn't have the goal kick. Sorry, because Garrick goal kicks there, obviously. Ola Kowatu, I thought he was really good. The number of times he just got caught from making a line break by his ankle, like just blokes would just get him real low, and I think that's the place where you – Got to tackle Olokwatu, but he just makes these half breaks and he's just stuck with one ankle, a bloke just hanging onto one ankle. Often it was Nat Butcher in that game. So he's so close to really tearing a game apart. Schuster 43, I'm pretty content with my trade out of, of Joshy Schuster. I, I think, you know, um, yeah, at, at 400,000, I sort of cashed in on him there and I went to Piercura and and I'm happy with that uh from the roosters point of view joey manu 94 just brilliant like joey manu is just he is the sum of the roosters attack at the moment uh they're so heavily relying on joey manu it's just like can they get him the ball and yeah i mean with that rock solid defence and then they've got joey manu and and teddy's doing a few things as well i mean they've basically put themselves in most games if they can keep that intensity up in defense and they get the right referee. I know it sounds really strange, but if the Roosters get a referee that's really stringent on the ruck and the 10 meters, then it almost puts them out of the game from the start because they're so reliant on just really testing those boundaries. They did it a fair bit in that game and got away with it with Ben Cummins, but Um we'll got away with it or, you know, like he was happy with it. So whichever way you look at it. Um, Tedesco, eighty one, I thought he was pretty good as well. Uh sometimes he yeah, like, like I said, like he, he he's that individual player, he plays by himself, but in terms of super coach, he'll break tackles, he'll push through. Um I think you know he did nothing there where you'd sell him from there. I know he's probably gonna be in the team for Origin Three. There's been a bit of chat about other players like Dylan Edwards, but I can't see him getting dropped. We'll see what happens there. So both of those teams go into the bye next week. So if you've got any of those players, they won't be able to play for you in round 19. Okay, before we finish up, we've got a question here from the Supercoach Spy. He says, Buller, is he a hold at 650K now that he's lost value and plays the bye versus Sharks uh, with a better run incoming? Or are the Tigers as a unit done and we need to jump off now pre-buy? Can he return to decent scores in the run home? Him to KP, is that a must now with KP kicking again and on fire? Bullock could be 560K post-buy. Well, he's almost answered that himself. I think the super coach spy, he's very intelligent uh Supercoach player. But, yeah, I definitely think that, like I said last week, I traded Buller out. And it's not because I have anything against Buller. I think he's been outstanding. I think in a team that he's played in, he's almost been the rookie of the year. I really do believe that um, he's played that well. But they just have no points of attack apart from him, you know. Like if you have a look at, um, I think Simpkins is a good young up-and-coming player, but he's not overly creative. He's more of a runner. Uh, Then they've got Wakeham, who you know I've spoken about at length. I think he is a fringe NRL player, really trying to get to that consistency level where he can make himself a week-to-week NRL player. At the moment, he is, but only out of necessity. And then the 5'8 position, because Brooks is injured, is Dane Laurie. Now, I thought he went okay, and I think he will be quite good attacking-wise. But, yeah, it's a big ask for a player that's played pretty much his whole NRL career. in the fullback position, to go out there and play in the front line in defence, you know he's going to have some big boys running at him. So, yeah, I just I just think Bullo is, is a definite sell. And if you can get Kalen Ponga, like I said last week, I think the 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 triumvirate of players that you want in that fullback position is Ponga, Gutherson, and Drinkwater for the run run home. I truly believe that. Um, I know that. You know, Teddy will probably come into calculations after Origin. I'm happy to bypass him because I can't see him knocking out really massive scores. I don't think the roosters are that team this year. The other one is Latrell. I mean, he's been out for so long with a calf injury, there's got to always be question marks over him. Um, And Tommy Dravojevich is not coming back either um, before the finals as far as I know. So any combination of that, at the moment I'm sitting with Gutherson and Drinkwater in the fullback position, and I've got Ponga and Munster in the five 5a position, and I'm happy to just sit with that and leave it. But I certainly think Ponga, Gutho, and Drinkwater uh, are three players that you should look to have in your side. If I had to pick two of them, I would go Ponga and Drinkwater. Um, so I think Gutho is third out of those three, but I still do rate him as a play for the run home. Any of that? Any of those in combination? So, yeah, looking forward with my side, I'm just looking to basically fix up other areas like my second row forward and my center wing. So I'm looking at Dave Fafita. I'm looking at Joey Manu, possibly an Alex Johnson for the run home. You know, I'm just really going to get get there and study the draws. Um, I might not trade as much this week. Um, hopefully I've got 13 for this week and... Just keep my powder dry unless there's some players I really like for the run home, but I'm really setting my side up for that run home at the moment. Okay, coaches, that brings us to the end of the Round 18 SC Playbook Weekly Wrap. I'll catch you next week.